0: just gonna sing. Hey homies. I'm Katie. I'm Sydney. And this is Something Sick. I didn't know you were starting it when I sang. That's that's your intro. (laughs) I thought you hadn't clicked it yet. Yeah,
1: I did. So that's your
0: intro. Great. You're all welcome for that. Uh, Off key? Yep. Is that right? Is that a word? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it it was a key probably. Probably not a good one, but. (laughs) Anyways, welcome back for the real spooky season. Yes okay (laughs) we're just gonna dive right in because we gave you a mini update and if you care about our lives you'll go to the last episode
1: yeah if you care about us as people
0: you can listen to that and if not we'll just jump right in and we're just gonna tell you if you didn't listen to the last one because you don't care about us and you just care about this um we're we're only posting every other week now because oh yes this isn't on our full-time jobs right now yeah so that's the spark notes of the last episode but we're back yeah we're back great we're diving right in. I'm not going to talk this fast the whole time. Please don't. mostly <laughs> everyone will be anxious. We're also kind
1: of a little rusty, <laughs> if you couldn't tell.
0: Hey, I sound great. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So. I'm going to sit back.
1: Well, why? You have to talk. Well, I'm going to talk, but you do most of the talking. Okay.
0: Well, in August, my family and I went to the beach, and then we did a day trip to Savannah, and it reminded me have a very haunted place well savannah is a very haunted place a haunted place in savannah yes the city built on their dead is what it's okay a nickname cute (laughs) but we're gonna talk about i want to do a deeper dive into savannah but this is just one place in savannah Mm -hmm. so here we go the sorrel weed house sits on madison square in savannah georgia and is located at 6 west harris street cool you know where that is right
1: yep totally nope
0: so when I was in Savannah, my sisters and I did a historical tour of the house during the day. And then we did like a citywide, like ghost tour. I wish we had gotten to do a ghost investigation mm-hmm. at the house at night. Cause it would have been very cool, but it was a great building. Yeah. Very fun. The tour was fun. Our tour guide was great. 10 out of 10 recommend going to this place. Love that. It's interesting. So we're going back to the house now. Are great. we ready? I'm ready. Take me there. So, like I mentioned, (laughs) the Sorrel Weed House sits on Madison Square, which was actually the site of a battle during the American Revolution known as the Siege of Savannah, which is like one of the bloodiest battles in the Revolutionary War. Oh, wow. And this battle was between American and French forces against British soldiers who had taken control of Savannah. And the property, I saw some different sources on this, but I'm, what the people that run The Sorrel Weed House say, it's what I'm going to go with. And that is that the property that the house sits on was where the British barracks were. And so later when they were restoring this house, they found bones of British soldiers buried Mm -hmm. underneath the house. Wow. So literally this whole city is built on dead people. So that's super fun. Makes sense why it's all haunted. Yeah. So about the house itself, the architecture is very Greek revival with influences from English Regency. Now, I don't know how to describe those things except to look at Greek and English architecture and imagine them together. (laughs) Great. There were also some Haitian um, Mm -hmm. inspirations, and I'll tell you about that in a second, but that was a thing. The house was one of the first two homes in the whole state of Georgia to be made a state landmark in 1954. And on the historical tour that we went on, I learned that the house was a little bit controversial when it was being restored because it's orange. Okay. And that kind of sticks out with the rest of Savannah's look. Okay. And people didn't want it to be orange. And so the person that owned it was like, okay. And then we started stripping back paint and the original color was orange still. And so they're like, okay, then it's historic if that's okay. what the original yeah. paint color was. And it was it was orange because Francis Sorel, who we'll talk about in a little bit, he's from he was born in Haiti he was half Haitian and half British, I think. Oh, no, French. Half French. Mm-hmm. And um, that tied to his heritage. And that that's what he was used to seeing when he grew up in Haiti. That's cool. Mm-hmm. He's not a cool guy. I'm okay. going to be honest with okay. you. The Haiti thing is cool. Yeah. He's not really that cool. Great. <laughs> we'll talk about him a lot. He's really not great. Okay. <laughs> um, so the house is also one of the largest in the city of Savannah, and it's 16,000 square feet. Oh, wow. It's pretty big. Yeah. Um, So the layout of the main house, when you walk in, which we didn't walk, we actually exited out the entrance when we went on the tour. Mm -hmm. But so the, uh, the front of it, when you walk in, is the front foyer, foyer. What do you say? foyer
1: uh, foyer. it depends I'm
0: I'm from Kansas so we say foyer uh,
1: I, I say foyer probably but it it if sounds I'm like fancy. in a fancy place I would foyer. say foyer <laughs> okay.
0: so when you walk in there there's like a little front section and then just two columns on the side and that is separates like the guest entrance where they would wait mm-hmm. and then the rest of the private family space where like everyone else was So the people that worked there would be like, oh, let me go get them (laughs) (laughs) for you. But it was not closed off. Mm -hmm. It's just, I mean, it might have been, I can't remember, but it's not right now. Cool. So there's also a center staircase right as you walk in that splits midway up into two separate staircases to go to the second floor. We couldn't go to the second floor. No one on any of the shows could go to the second floor because it's condemned. And like, that's where they're working right now to restore it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was hoping on one of the shows I would get to see. Mm -hmm. but no one got to go up there on ghost adventures zach went up the stairs a little bit of course he did they weren't closed off Oh, okay but he didn't go all the way up at all but on buzzfeed it was like roped off and when we were there Mm -hmm. it was roped off so they're fixing that up so also on the first floor there's like an oval shaped dining room which is mostly like for private family dining um there were two parlors on the first floor one was for men and one was for women Mm -hmm. they had like a a a wall that, like, moved away. Like, they could be opened up to be one big room for parties or it could be separated for two different things. There's, like, giant, giant mirrors in both of them. (laughs) Which helps with the hauntings, you know? Yeah. Um, They're huge. And there's also, like, it's a very... The architecture is very cool. Mm -hmm. I love... I I thought all the, like, details in the rooms were cool. Um, Also on the first floor, there's Francis Sorrell's office. That leads out onto, like, a a Haitian-inspired balcony. Mm -hmm. And when the house being built i think i read the architect was like balconies that do not fit the greek revival style but francis ferrell was like no i need a balcony <laughs> like Me it's too, my man. style <laughs> he's it's, like listen yeah <laughs> i don't care <laughs> yeah so they put it but on the side not on the front of the house because it didn't fit the vibe that's like the first floor the second floor like i said couldn't find much about it that's just where most of the bedrooms are i think mm-hmm. I don't know the layout or anything, but hopefully someday people, maybe someday yeah. Sunday we'll go and it'll be done and we can That'd go be up great. there. So there's a basement. Good. It, it was so hot down there when we were there. <laughs> I wrote down that it was so funny because me and Kristen were sweating so much. Kristen looked like she had jumped in a pool. <laughs> Her her hair was so wet (laughs) from sweat because it was so hot down there. And I had a bucket hat on and you could see my sweat line over the lip of that. Good. I was sweating. Kristen was like, you can see your sweat. And I was like, I mean, you look like you jumped in a pool. It is what it is. (laughs) We're even. <laughs> Your bangs were soaking wet, Kristen. <laughs> but anyway, the basement pretty much like dirt floor. Like mm-hmm. it's dark down there. That's where enslaved people worked for them mostly. Yeah. Um, there's kitchen space down there. There's four fireplaces. Um, there's a laundry area and like other workspaces. And there's actually a room in the basement that was for Francis Sorrell Jr. or Frank Sorrell, which was one of Francis Sorrell's kids. And he mm-hmm. was a doctor and he would do surgery and procedures down there. Great. So that's dumb horrible thing yeah <laughs> but
1: because that's where you want to have surgery
0: yeah in a basement <laughs> yeah so great i mean they didn't that's like all they had i guess i mean they had probably a hospital but i mean yeah they probably didn't have a lot of offices to go do your own practice yeah but they had some of like the surgery tools and stuff down there oh that's yeah. creepy on the back part of the house there's a courtyard area in between and on the other side of the courtyard is the carriage house which at some point became a hair salon so it's pretty much renovated and closed off so it doesn't mm-hmm. like hold carriages yeah <laughs> but it was a carriage house and then up top was where the enslaved people's quarters were mm-hmm. and there's like one room up there that's separate which was for like the head enslaved person that oh, wow. was like yeah. over everyone and then everything else is one big room up there like, there's like a kitchen area and there was um a fireplace but everything else was just like a room for them to sleep in. Mm-hmm. And they, it was like, had enough room for up to like 15 people to stay in there. It's sad up there. It was really yeah. dark. Yeah. But we got to go up there, which was interesting. Like, I wanted to go see it. Yeah it's and like
1: a part of history
0: even though it's like we're gonna talk a lot about enslaved people because yeah. it's a big part of this which is why he's not a great person well yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah we're just gonna be honest it gets a little dark with that stuff mm-hmm. and so if that's not your thing don't listen but i'm gonna try my best to respect these people yeah. and say their names or whatever Good. information i could find about them Good. which wasn't a lot because it's the 171800s 1800s and not a lot of information on them but anyway the last part of the the property that i'll talk about is just there's a townhouse right next door which francis sorrell had built on later so that his adult children could live in there Mm because there were a lot of them and so it's just like an extra added part onto the property Mm -hmm. but now they're separate properties but they're still got it yeah standing there so now we're talking about the family. We're gonna talk about Francis Sorel, the scumbag. Great. I'm just call him that. Love that. So the house was built for Francis Sorel, and he was born on May 4th, 1793, in Santo Domingo, Haiti. His father was Colonel Antoine Francois Sorrell, who was a lieutenant and engineer for the French Navy. His mother was Eugenie de Soutre, I think. I don't know how you say it. And she was believed to be a free woman of color from Haiti. Okay um and she unfortunately died when francis was a baby Mm -hmm. i saw anywhere from when he was one month to six months i was different on different sources i don't know but she passed away when he was a baby so when francis was born haiti was in the early stages of the haitian revolution Mm -hmm. which was from 1791 to 1804 so this was like a rough time to be in haiti there's a lot of war going on when um francis was a little bit older in 1803 his father left him there and left he didn't feel safe and so he just left the country like as a military person he was like i don't feel safe here and he left but left his son there and francis never saw him again i don't
1: feel safe but i'm gonna leave my child yeah great who is
0: like 10 years old great yeah so
1: because if you as someone in the military
0: are not safe yeah your child child
1: is for sure gonna be safe
0: and i'm i wonder if it's because his child was mixed race yeah and he just didn't want to deal with, and also he didn't have anyone to take care of him. Yeah. Not a great reason. I mean, no. But that's my thought on why he didn't want him. That that's sucked. So hard life as yeah. a kid. But um, Francis ended up getting a job later on at a, in Port-au-Prince mm-hmm. as a clerk for a merchant firm. And then he did pretty well there and eventually was transferred to a branch of the company in Baltimore. So he got to move to the U.S. Yeah. And he was growing up there, you know? <laughs> he had a really big dream of being wealthy in America. Yeah. As everyone does when they come here. Yeah. And that doesn't happen, happen often, but it happened for him. Mm-hmm. He worked really hard in Maryland and eventually got to move to Savannah in 1819. And he started a business with a man named Henry Douglas, who was a former employee of his. Okay. And Henry was also pretty wealthy guy he came from a wealthy family yeah but at first they started selling um whiskey butter corn and flour like in papers and stuff and they were also listed in papers as shippers of an enslaved person headed to boston so um, that was like his first moment Of working in the slave trade business
1: i don't understand how he grew
0: up around people that were enslaved that became free and like that doesn't make sense
1: and his mother was
0: a woman of color yeah it was freed
1: yeah i don't understand that no it's not good so
0: that doesn't go anywhere that's gonna keep happening in the story just heads up for everyone so on september 5th 1822 francis married 17 year old lucinda ireland moxley who was the niece of henry douglas his business partner okay she was 17 at this point francis was 29 great cue that
1: demi lovato song
0: yeah (laughs) the douglas family were wealthy slave owners Mm -hmm. in virginia and they saw francis's business as a way to make even more money and so they didn't care about the age difference they were just like. And
1: I mean, no one cared about the age difference back then.
0: No, still problematic. Yeah. Two years later, on July 24th, 1824, Francis became a citizen of the United States. And then a year later, he ended his business partnership with Henry and started his own company. Okay. Um, So tax records for 1826 state that Francis bought three enslaved people that year and sent one of them who was a 40 year old black woman to New York City. And then a year later, it stated that he sold a black enslaved young girl to a man, named rw styles for only three hundred dollars which my mind genuinely just cannot yeah, yeah. believe that, that ever happened and like some people still agree with that today <laughs> makes yeah. me sick but. and like
1: that still happens today yeah in certain parts of the world yeah and that is just horrific
0: yeah like they're human beings mm-hmm. they deserve some dignity yeah but um a month after that happened lucinda frances's wife tragically died from yellow fever mm-hmm. so what would a logical francis sorrell do i don't know <laughs> marry her younger sister matilda in 1829 who was 23 at the time when he was 36 oh, great so he just married her younger sister that. the family was like we still like you like you can have another one
1: and didn't he already end his business partnership with that guy yeah
0: but they were still like Buds. close
1: yeah yeah so they gave him another kid <laughs> Oh, my
0: gosh. So, just keep marrying younger. Just
1: keep marrying them off.
0: Yeah. This next part is kind of out of context. I don't know how to fit it into the story. I don't know when they were all born. But Francis had three children with his first wife, Lucinda, Mm -hmm. and then eight children with Matilda. Okay, But then um three of francis and matilda's kids so the second wife's kids had passed away okay but then they still ended up raising eight children all together
1: yes so, so three from lucinda, lucinda and then five from, from, from got it yeah
0: they had a lot of kids yeah. that's why he built the second house yes was for so many that makes <laughs> yeah but so her kids were half her nieces and nephews mm-hmm. and her children so it was a big family yeah that was just a side note on their family One of their sons, Moxley Pharrell. Yeah, Moxley. He was in the Confederate Army. So again, not great. He wrote a book about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's in the house. Uh, our tour guide she was a black woman and she was like i don't like this but like it's history so we're just gonna have it here but like i don't like it yeah <laughs> i, was I like, mean okay good to know yeah i mean you have to talk about the bad parts of history yeah. so it doesn't happen again you can
1: talk about the bad parts of history without glorifying it statues too. yep
0: yep <laughs> yep so there's another occasion listed of francis sorrell and it's about him selling enslaved people. And this is a moment when he sold twenty five a twenty-five year old woman named Louisa and her ten month old daughter for four hundred dollars to a man named William W. Gordon. And I think this is the last time, like the last mention of him like selling people. Yeah. yeah. But there's still enslaved people in his story. Yeah. But I just wanna find out that this is like the last mention moment okay. of him selling someone was a 25-year-old woman and her 10-month-old daughter so disgusting yeah so Francis's business was still taking off he eventually started to buy property all over Savannah started having his home built which was completed in 1841 it was like completely finished and then in 1839 backtrack yes. the house is completely finished mm-hmm. He bought a ship for $10,000, and that ship appeared on many slave manifests from 1839 to 1860. So it was still involved in the. That's a long trade. time. Yeah. The ship made more than 90 trips to places in Georgia, Florida, and South Carolina. And how many people? I have no idea. That's. Yeah. So, too many okay one is too many yeah so uh tax records show that in 18 years francis sorrell owned about six enslaved people a year okay so and i saw like the range was usually from like three to eleven people mm-hmm. the average was so horrible That's, yeah you don't need that you don't need any people no just pay people to work for you yeah so slave labor work was seen as work for men but okay. white men saw black enslaved women as valuable. <laughs> and Francis Sorrell was not any different from them. Many of these white men would assault and rape these young women. Mm-hmm. And by 1860, there were over 2,000 mixed people living in Savannah, like free mixed people, mm-hmm. which meant that a lot of white slave owners were responsible for getting black enslaved women pregnant yeah. because it was illegal for black men to get white women pregnant. Mm-hmm. So there was a word for it. I didn't write it down. For what a um, a mixed freed person was sort of an m but i can't remember the name yes so that just tells you how many white slave owners were
1: assaulting women yeah yeah
0: francis sorrell had infidelity problems that had to do wow. with this yeah um so this is the main story it's in a lot of the haunting story mm-hmm. which is why we're all talking about this place in the first place yeah but so this is the story i have seen different parts of it and different people being like i don't know if this is true but this is the story that's everyone's mm-hmm. telling this is what they tell at the house like that work yeah. there there's some different sides to it, but the main story says that Francis Sorrell was having an intimate, non-consensual, because he had power over this person, yes. um, an intimate relationship with an enslaved woman named Molly. One night, Francis was with Molly in the carriage house in her room, mm-hmm. and Francis's wife Matilda found them there while they were being yeah. intimate, and she was said then to run back to their house, run up to the second story in their balcony, and then she... Jumped from the balcony, landed in the courtyard, and died.
1: Matilda did? Mm hmm. Oh.
0: So we stood there also. <laughs> the first part of our tour was standing in the courtyard, but it, her cause of death was listed as concussion. Okay. But she did fall. Like mm-hmm. family members said that they saw her jump. Yeah. So I also found a source that at this point they were mostly living in a townhouse next door. And some people said that she jumped from that house. Okay. But either way, she did jump from a second floor landed in the courtyard area. Yeah. I don't know which one is true. The people at Sorel will tell you it's at that one, mm-hmm. but another source said differently okay but that's what happened to her a few weeks later it said that molly was found hanging from a noose in the carriage house yeah so there's a lot of newspapers that confirmed matilda's death and like said what happened to her that she did leap from a balcony but there's not too much about molly Mm -hmm. people aren't really sure if molly existed Mm -hmm. there's records of two different women named molly okay so one is in a record from 1826 to 1857, Francis did own a 28-year-old enslaved woman named Molly, but she appeared on a slave manifest going from Savannah to New York in 1857, and that was supposedly three years before Matilda died. Okay. So it's not, but there's not really a way to confirm if she was on that boat or if she had been killed while in Savannah and it was a cover-up. Like, yeah. you never know because he had a lot of power. Like, yes, it could have yeah. been a lie. Um, Another source said that there was a 22-year-old woman named Molly who was an enslaved person but she was owned by francis's neighbor charles green okay i don't know what year she was there but there's a couple women named molly mm-hmm. that could have been a person or it could have been any number of enslaved en- enslaved women, women that, that he had yeah. access to you know in savannah from 1850 to 1860 they were doing a federal slave census and francis Sorel was listed as the owner of five black enslaved individuals and eight mixed enslaved people so he could have also been responsible for the birth of others you never know yeah some of them are children i think so yeah okay So, in 1859, which I think was the same year as Matilda's death, Francis Sorrell sold the house to a man named Henry Davis Weed, which is how they get the name Sorrell Weed House. Yeah. Because, you know, they just hyphenate whoever's lived in the house. And the Sorrells actually just moved next door into the townhome full-time at 12 West Harris Street. So. Francis Sorrell remained in that house until 1870 when he died of a stroke. Um, He's buried in the northern section of Laurel Grove Cemetery. Um, Henry Davis Weed, don't have a lot on him. He bought the home in 1859, like I said. Mm -hmm. He had owned many businesses in Savannah. He himself passed away on February 2nd, 1875, and is also buried in the same cemetery as Francis Sorrell. Okay. His family remained in the Sorrel Weed House until 1914 when they lost the house due to bankruptcy. And then the house became kind of in disrepair. Yeah. But like the carriage house became a hair salon at some point. I don't know. Um, the Sorel Weed House was first opened to the public by the Society for the Preservation of Savannah Landmarks in January 1940 until April 1940. So just for a few months. Yeah. They did like an exhibit about history there or something. And then it was closed again to the public. And then it opened again to the public in 2005. For the historic architecture tours during the day and the ghost tours at night. Nice. So it's, they've been doing that since 2005. Mm-hmm. So now we're gonna talk about the hauntings. That's the horrible history of the house, the terrible people that lived there, yeah. and the enslaved people that mm-hmm. were mistreated. And so now we're talking about the hauntings. Great. So the Sorel Weed House has a reputation of being one of the most haunted buildings in Savannah. Which and has, is a
1: pretty big deal. I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been listed as one of the best travel destinations for Halloween <laughs> and has the fifth most, and it's called the fifth most haunted place in the United States in a 2013 article. So I nice. there with Waverly Hills probably. Love that. Yeah. I didn't have like bad vibes while we were there. Mm-hmm i'm not saying it wasn't haunted though i definitely was like something happened something happened please (laughs) the whole time i wanted something to happen
1: i mean if especially if we had been to waverly the first time in the day i don't think that we would have felt that yeah Yeah. so
0: a side note not about the hauntings don't know why i put this here but the roof of the house was actually used to film the opening scene for forrest gump in 1994 they they were like on the roof of there filming over savannah and that's cool yeah there were a lot of places on our ghost tour that were referenced to be in Forrest Gump, though. so cool. Yeah. So back to the hauntings. This is just a list of things that people have experienced. So at one point, a man was renting the carriage house space as an office and he didn't know anything about the history and he always claimed to have a feeling of uneasiness and felt like he was always being watched. Mm -hmm. I couldn't handle that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Some people say they feel sick or drowsy when they're upstairs in the carriage house Mm -hmm. and they've also said that they feel like they're being strangled up there, which some people like that's what happened to molly yeah like it's a thing and then people also feel that strangled feeling like in the basement of the house Mm -hmm. um a lot is said to happen in the doctor's office part of the basement including seeing including seeing a man a shadow man pacing or sitting or just down there um and they also have seen a little girl playing hide and seek don't know who that little girl was that was creepy (laughs) yeah no idea um people have heard sounds as if there's a party happening in the parlor era- area of the main house. And then, as someone approach, as the person that hears it approaches, it just stops like they're like hiding. Oh, wow. Well. Which would be crazy to yeah. hear. Um, some people have felt a dark energy when entering the house. Um, and they claim that that stems from all the buried bodies from the war mm-hmm. underneath it. Most of the negative energy they think is coming from that, but like okay. from the people buried below the house. Yeah. Like the disrespect of it, kind of interesting i don't know um some people have i would argue there would be
1: more negative energy f- well i from guess the from enslaved battle, people. but like yeah. yeah
0: i mean people don't say they experience many enslaved people's spirits there that's people good, have though. actually like heard and seen things about war okay and if anyone has experienced anything about enslaved person they've said it's molly like it's been in an interaction where they're like communicating and saying okay. like it's molly well
1: that's good because yeah. i hope that those
0: people have i mean i'm sure there's some negative energy around that in the confederate yes, confederacy yeah. and like all of that but the spe- these specific hauntings yeah about the war people have also heard the sounds of a battle outside mm. which i think there's a lot of squares around savannah yeah. and i think a lot of those had a lot of battle sites and stuff so upstairs in the house the men's parlor a lot of people have smelt cigar smoke which would be disgusting I would hate that. Now I know that that's possible, though, that you smell yeah. something. Visitors have said to have been groped, poked, and felt stabbing pains. Goodness. Yeah. Some people have heard screams at night and have even seen a lady in all black in the hallways. Ooh. A lot of people claim that they see the ghosts of Molly and Matilda around the house, as well as Francis mm-hmm. Um People have seen chairs move in the dining room. And have one person's even seen a candlestick float across the room. On BuzzFeed, And what they were talking about. They're like, that's very Haunted Mansion. Of yes. <laughs> <them."> <laughs> I was like, it really is. It really is. People have seen dark shadows around the home and have been captured on photos which I'll try to post. I found two in an article. Good, I want to see. I'm going to show you these two. These actually aren't dark shadows. These are like look like actual people. So this is one. Oh my god. It looks like an actual person. And like someone old tiny. Yeah. And then this one its a very blurry one. Yeah, it's like a... It's more see-through than the person mm-hmm. standing yeah, next to Yeah, it's definitely them. like translucent. Yeah. It's a lot in the mirrors. I take a lot of pictures of people in mirrors mm-hmm. and like see things. I wanted to, but we were with a group of people that I didn't feel comfortable taking a picture in a mirror with. So. It's sad. <laughs> Not that mirror. I took a picture in a mirror in Molly's room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> RIP Molly. <laughs> but anyway, that was my ghost hunter. It was for the Haunted Selfies Club. You don't know what that is? No school guide courtney oh she does she... haunted selfie club oh that's cute haunted mirror selfie sorry mirror selfie oh club. okay okay yeah um like i just said people have seen women's spirits in the mirrors without someone actually being there yeah people have like been in the basement of the house and then had to go outside to throw up they haven't felt well down there okay could also beat the heat it's very hot down yeah there. And we felt great <laughs> chris just said mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> um and like a lot of paranormal places cameras and phone batteries are known to be drained in the house Mm -hmm. so that's like a long list of random things that people experience but that's a lot of things yes which makes sense why it would be called one of the most haunted places in savannah and in the country yes the first now we're talking about shows to wrap it up ghost hunters i knew they'd been there but I can't find the OG Ghost Hunter episode of it. But I saw one article that mentioned one EVP that they caught. And I guess it sounded like it said, help, oh Francis, help, oh my God, oh my God. Okay. Which is a very long one. And if they said that on Ghost Hunters, I feel like it feels pretty trustworthy. (laughs) But anyway, to BuzzFeed Unsolved. We're going to end with Ghost Adventures. It was the longest one that had the most. (laughs) But BuzzFeed Unsolved. So while Shane and Ryan, they actually caught something cool. While they were investigating in the women's parlor... They captured footsteps walking above them mm-hmm. and they went on for a while and they were sitting there and Shane was like, someone has to be up there. And Ryan was like, we can't go, up, can't there. We go up there. We would fall yeah. through the ceiling. Like we literally can't. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, let's just go to the staircase and like, that's closer. And while they're standing there, they hear a scream and then like a bark. And they're like, I
1: remember this. They're like, like, I haven't seen that episode yeah. in forever, but I remember
0: it. They're like, hey puppy, come <laughs> down. <laughs> a dog couldn't even be up there. Like yeah. it's dangerous. But anyway. Um, when they went downstairs to the doctor's office area in the basement. Well When I say doctor's office, that's a very loose term. Yeah. It's a big open room with a few walls and mm-hmm. <laughs> not a lot going on down there. But they use a spirit box and there were a lot of like Voices coming through, but you couldn't really like hear what they were saying or anything. But that went on for a little bit, and then the last thing that was really cool—they were in the basement trying to communicate with soldiers. And Shane was like standing by the staircase with his back to it, and Ryan is standing there looking at him. And then Ryan saw, and they caught it on video, a shadow head and shoulders walking behind Shane. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wow, I'm so proud. How can you not say that that's real, Shane?" Shane, I do feel like with Ghost Files, he is open to being convinced. Yes. So, I'm excited. I hope they find something. I would love. I don't know what would actually convince him, but something. Surely. I but anyway. Really. So, that was the end of Buzzfeed Unsolved. Cool. That's all that really happened. That was significant. So, yeah. ghost adventures. But I can never stop watching because sometimes they do catch things and they I go know. to a lot of places. Yeah. And I guess there's a reason they still have a show after 25 seasons. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make them more tolerable. So, when they were like doing their first part of the tour of everything, um they were getting showed around the carriage house and the tour guide got dizzy going up in the carriage house and she said the energy up there is usually more feminine and childlike yeah. and she's like usually feels fine but she said sometimes like that day it's more intimidating and masculine and she mm-hmm. didn't, didn't feel well um the same tour guide i think her name was donna she doesn't work there anymore i don't think <laughs> but um she was telling of a time when she was in the basement and she felt someone run up on her and then she couldn't move and felt like energy was like swirling her around her oh yeah she said a shadow figure has been seen all around the basement which is what like ryan saw down there mm-hmm. so the same tour guide donna um said well when she went into the room that she like felt uncomfortable in aaron's camera stopped working and he was like look as soon as she walked in there it yeah. wouldn't work so that was suspicious <laughs> that's suspicious <laughs> um this is still the show, on the show when Nick was on the show. Yeah. But he was investigating alone with Billy at a different location in town. Okay. I just left that out. That's fine. I didn't care. But it was Zach, Aaron, and Jay there. Okay. So Zach and Aaron went into the carriage house and... Okay, they're get, Zach goes up first. Aaron's on the stairs. And Aaron immediately is like, I'm dizzy and I'm swaying. And Zach goes, me too, me too. I don't feel good. Of course he is. <laughs> yeah, so who knows if that's actually true. But Aaron started to not feel well. We was, love Aaron. Yeah. So I was like, classic, classic Zach, classic Zach. So then Zach goes into Molly's room in the back of the carriage house. And he's standing there like trying to get a response. And he had like headphones on. And it was very clear. Like Jay heard it from base camp in the mic. You hear a woman's voice go, hello oh wow it is like before they even like rewound it i was like "Mm, there was something i was like that's what that said yeah like i didn't even have them they didn't have to put the subtitle or anything i was like that's what that said so aaron immediately like ran outside to go in the back alley to see if there's anyone back there and no one is back there But Zach stayed up there alone. Aaron was like, I'm going to go in the courtyard, like look around. So Zach was up there by himself and he sits in a chair in Molly's room with the door open, so like he can see everything and you hear footsteps like walking toward him. And then he was like, Jay, get up here. And then he was like in a weird trance. And it was like, I don't know if you're acting or what, but he felt really weird up there. I'll give him that. He looked weird up there. He didn't really look like himself. But then he goes back to base camp and um he's in there with jay and then jay starts saying like he felt like he was being touched on his back while he was there alone and then aaron came running in and said that he felt like something stabbed him under his ribs and he like lifts up his shirt and he did have a mark there mm. and people say they get stabbing pains there yeah and right before that happened jay said that he had heard a weird noise in the basement on the recorder including a male voice saying something right before it happened oh wow so it was weird then zach and aaron went up to the parlor and we're using the spirit box. And they asked how Matilda died. And then they heard the word hang. But that was how Molly died. Mm-hmm. So then they are like, are we talking to Molly? And then they caught the word rape, mm-hmm. which could have been Molly. Could have been any other sl- enslaved person. Yeah. Don't know. But like that came through. And then Zach was asked a different question. What came next didn't really answer that question. But the voices came through. And it was one woman saying, get him. And then another voice saying, I can't. And then zach is still sitting there and aaron's in the room still but zach is like what'll happen if we go to the basement and a man's voice in the room not through the spirit box just repeated basement oh yeah (laughs) so creepy i was like i wouldn't like that Because aaron immediately goes that was not through that like that came over there which is crazy so then they go out in like the main foyer area like near the stairs and on the thermal camera they had like a night vision and a thermal camera and they film up the stairs and there's like a purple like cloud of fog looking stuff on the thermal camera it like blended in almost but it was like very clearly like a weird cloud shape uh-huh and it was in front of like a window that was very de- like defined squares like not a weird cloud shape but it wasn't on the night vision camera like you couldn't see anything it was just like a purple mist looking thing on the thermal huh. camera and every time And then the thermal camera shuts off by itself. And Aaron keeps trying to turn it back on, but it wouldn't. Like, it would get to a starting page and then turn off again. And they're like, that's weird. Yeah. Like, that doesn't happen. And the last thing that happened that was weird was they both started to smell sulfur, which, you know, isn't good. (laughs) No. (laughs) But that's how it ended. And I was like... They actually caught decent stuff, like a decent amount of stuff that was pretty clear. So that's the Sorrel Weed House. Spooky. It is fascinating. I want to go back there and investigate. I want to go. Yeah. So we're we're just going to go to Savannah.
1: Okay. Let's go. Bet. Next year.
0: In the fall, Kristen. It's hot there. (laughs) It's gross. It's humid. Let's not go in the summer. (laughs) Yeah. So that was the Sorrel Weed House. Sydney's going to do a palate cleanser. Yes. Give me a moment. I hope that all made sense. It's the first one back. Just trying to get my footing Um, Sydney's been storing up these quotes for seven months. Pods for dramatic
1: effect. This is about our new Bachelor. (laughs) Katie's in. You can see his nostrils from the front, and that freaks me out.
0: (laughs) I stand by it. It freaks me out. I'm not excited about him. This season, I'm just going to root for the villains. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway you guys can check us out on socials <laughs> on instagram at something sick podcast on twitter at a sick podcast or on tiktok at something sick podcast send us an email with your recommendations at something sick podcast at gmail.com and we'll talk to you next time homies peace out
1: What?